Hey, welcome to episode four of Off and Beats. I am your host, Clint. In today's episode, we uh, get into the dynamic of Aaron Rodgers' personal life a little bit to explain how, why we see what we see now with him. The change I describe, I kind of give you a little timeline from last year to today, and uh, you will see. Also, um, I talk about, is it implausible to think that Rory and Mal will actually become bigger than the Joe Budden podcast in a couple years from now? Uh, it's not implausible. So you have to stay tuned for that one. And also give a little uh, wisdom at the end for anyone that didn't ask for it, but you're going to get it anyways if you stay long enough for it. And in today's rap preview, I show a little clip of I Got a Yacht. Uh, it's a different clip from before, but I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. Uh, we have a great episode for y'all today. Let's get it! Sound the way, holding biscotti with a stripper named Glory on my yacht. <laughs> Say in the private island off the coast of Chile, I just bought craving the minis they desire the whole times I didn't even want. Bought one out for five years, for five years at the age of 25 to see what my life really saw. And now I get caught in a cycle of bills, lies, wasted Saturday nights, years working for so long. Often beats with Clint. Ew. What is the worst part about buying a good watch? It can be very time consuming. Welcome to episode four of Often Beats. I am your host, Clint. Um <sighs> You know, let's just jump into it. Um, I actually want to talk about something that I actually did a little bit of research. Changing up around here. You know, making a competent pod today. I am very fascinated about Aaron Rodgers. Not because he's a spectacular NFL quarterback. We're about to get a little TMZ-ish mixed with a little... Analogy mixed with a little People magazine mixed with a little of reality. I don't think it's a coincidence that him being engaged to Shane Lane Woodley now. Um, in case you don't know who she is, um, she is the girl off Divergent. She's my favorite movie of her is in the Spectacular Now with Miles Teller, which ironically, conveniently, they were on a couple's retreat in Hawaii a couple weeks ago. And but I want to focus on Aaron today and how it all started and how it kind of was a preview. It was kind of a, it was kind of a foreshadowing of the development of him you may notice so Aaron Rodgers 
um, as we all know, was once with Danica Patrick. Um, I don't know how long they were together, per se. I'm going to say probably a year, maybe two, if even that. But they uh, they were a thing, a hot thing. Some that uh, overlaps, no pun intended, like her racing career. There's a little overlap in here, potentially. So, in... June of 2020, there were reports and pretty much confirmed that Aaron Rodgers broke up with Danica. Alright. Nothing to see there. People break up. Then next thing you know, um, there's rumors swirling around not too long after that him and Shailene are uh, getting to know each other. Um, They are spiraling into love. And then next thing you know, um, as we know, last year it was quarantine. They are reported to be living together not too long after. Hmm, okay. It's a little quick. Then next thing you know, Aaron Rodgers is playing the best football of his career. Conveniently. Hmm. Coincidentally, maybe. Maybe it's because they drafted a per- they drafted Jordan Love, so... As people would say, um, maybe he had a little fire under the ass. Or maybe, did the drafting of Jordan Love actually make Aaron wake up about maybe things in his personal life? Let me break it down. So in April last year, 2020, the draft, the Packers draft Jordan Love, the quarterback, in the first round. Instead of, you know... Making the team actually better in the meantime when you have a quarterback still in his prime even though he's up there in age and he proved last year he's still more than in his prime. So they draft Jordan Love in April. A month and some change later, month and a half we'll just say later, all of a sudden him and Danica conveniently break up. Hmm. Coincidentally, sometimes... Things that work can affect your personal life? Or did the drafting of Jordan Love actually open Aaron Rodgers' outlook on his life? Did it wake him up that, man, this life is, maybe I've gotten a little um, content in some things in my life, you know? You know, you start valuing things in your life. Like, my football career is going to be over, you know, sooner than later. I'm 37 years old. I'm not married. Um, Is the person I'm with, is this someone I would want to spend the next four or five years with and take a chance? And he made a strong evaluation that, no, she is not the person I want to be with which hey you know what there's a lot of reasons for that um but you know there's a great saying and by great saying I mean half of it's a pretty known one but I kind of came up with the second half I thought of it earlier when you know you know but when you don't know you really know and maybe he couldn't convince himself maybe when he thought of her he's I don't know which tells him well I don't know but maybe there's a reason 
So he breaks up with her. But then, you know, people rebound. People get in the relationships quickly. So then he meets Shailene, right? But when did he meet her? That's when it gets a little juicy. So in the interview in March of 2020, um, Aaron Rodgers does an interview and mentions in jest that, oh, yeah, Danica, she introduced me to one person and he mentioned Shailene Woodley. So uh, your boy did a little bit more digging. Hmm. The girl you're with introduced you to someone. You break up with that girl three months later after saying that and you start a love fest. Hmm. So I did a little more digging. One of Danica's um, worries, and she's apparently she was worried about it before then, according to the sources, of having her meet him. Because her and Shailene Woolley, they weren't close friends, but they were cordial. They were friendly, which is the perfect space to not feel the betrayal. Hmm. So they meet. Think nothing of it. But then there's sources. Danica saying looking back. I knew. When they met. Something was off. To her something was off. But apparently to Shailene and Aaron. Oh there was nothing off. Everything was. Off to the races. Sorry with the puns Danica. But set yourself up for this one. Um. So, that's kind of the backstory of how they met. Fall in love, right? He goes on. And during the season, this is how people in public start to get, if you watch sports, if you watch football, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he does his team interviews. You know, he'll do an interview here and there for certain things. But it's pretty reserved, dude. You know, he shows a little bit of his personality. But, you know, he's still, as a leader of a franchise... As a man who's the face, he's probably very mindful to be very um, cautious about what he puts out there of himself. I think that's just, whether you think that's right or wrong, it's not really the point. The reality is, that's how they view it. You're the CEO of a billion dollar company. and You're getting paid very well. And part of what comes with that is articulating yourself in a certain way to not be a distraction to the team. Okay. So then, during the year, um, if anyone, I would go for you, I would recommend that you go look at interviews on the Pat McAfee show. He had Aaron Rodgers Tuesday after every single week. This dude was performing balling in games a day or two later, doing hour, 45 hour long interviews on a show. And look how much personality, look how much insight, look how interesting this guy is. The confidence, the, in a good way, and I say this with all compliments, the arrogance. But it's confident. And it's genuine. He's like, he's, he's prickly, but he's very, he's very likable at the same time. Because he's like real. You know, 
and I think you can see in. So I recommend if you have a chance, go check a couple of that out. Pat McAfee show interviews. So he goes on while doing that, while seeing her, his new girlfriend, his what now appears to be soulmate, his life partner. Dude's playing the best ball of his career. Life, seemingly, you can see how happy he is, genuinely. And I don't think it's coincidence that he was a one way his entire career. Then he meets her, living with her, staying with her. And to the whole world, he feels more comfortable being himself. He's always been himself. But what I mean is he feels comfortable being vulnerable publicly. You don't think that's coincidence? Because maybe he's with someone that values the same thing he has. So he's more willing to be open about it. He's willing to be a little bit more loose. And if you don't believe me, compare that. And I want you to just watch Danica Patrick has a podcast. I did a little bit of research. Trust me, I actually did. I watched Tim the first 10 minutes in the interview. It's a tough listen for a lot of things. But you can see a couple, you could be around a couple, and you could tell very quickly how well they click. Watch the interview. And this is when they were together, her podcast. So obviously he's gonna be honest, supporter, be a good boyfriend, you know, be open, and he was. But man, you can you can see like something isn't natural, you know? Some something's a little off. I w- I forgot the name of the podcast. Just look up Danica Patrick podcast with Aaron Rodgers. I'm pretty sure you find it. You can see when you look back in perspective, in retrospect, that it is not the most um, smooth couple type of talking. And it's not really that there's ten- there's not really there's a lot of like um tense moments or nothing like that it's quite the opposite it really seems like they're it literally if you didn't know that they were dating and the whole like outlook of it was them just him just being a guest on a show you would not be able to tell if they're even friends you would not you definitely wouldn't be told that they're a couple I will just say, take a few minutes, watch that, and you could kind of see where I'm going with this, okay? So, he goes on the season, balls out. Dude wins the fucking MVP. He drops a bombshell on um, the night of the MVP awards, you know? They're doing the virtual thing, so he's really kind of like doing it in a webcam type of thing, his speech type of thing. And people notice... He makes a quick shout out, a quick thanks to his fiance. Like, whoa. If I'm correct, this was in uh, January or February because that's when they do the awards. So into January, early February before the Super Bowl is typically when they do the awards. He dropped the bombshell that he's engaged on his MVP. Like they haven't even been really 
public or nothing, but he drops the bombshell. Oh, hmm. Now, of course, the gossip people go, oh, my God, how can you get engaged with someone you've only seen for six months when you're just coming off of someone you were with for longer? Well, I do think it is um fair to point out the man is 37 years old. The man has probably, um, he has ran through some towns as an NFL quarterback, and not only an NFL quarterback, but a pretty fucking good one. You know, I actually read us for the sport junkies out there, I believe, no, there's no belief, he has, he has played for 12 years, right, because he was, didn't play first three or four, whatever, drafted in 04, I believe. The man hasn't even thrown 100 interceptions in his career yet. And if you don't believe that is crazy, I want you to look at Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston, if I'm correct, is not that far away from interceptions from him, from Aaron. And he's played 10 less years. Just for a little context of how fucking insane that is. Okay? So back to Aaron. So they get engaged. He drops a bombshell. Cool. No harm, no foul. A little surprise to the shockwaves. But then months and months go by, you know, things are going fine. You can then about the past month. You know, it's always been, it's been pretty tense between him and the Packers for obvious reasons, you know. He doesn't really like the direction of the franchise. He doesn't like the GM. He doesn't like the way things are operated. He doesn't like the communication. Basically, he has issues at work, all right? Not unheard of, pretty normal, and especially when you know your value, quote-unquote high-value man, when you know your value in a workplace, um, you can swing your dick around for... Actually, I wouldn't even say lack of a better word. That's actually the perfect analogy to say. And if he could have did this last year when he was discontent, but he didn't. But he did it this year. He was just as upset last year as this year. And I think him playing as well as he did obviously, has made him realize that, you know what, play him. You want to replace me? Then replace me. Let's, you know, let's not, uh, let's not pat each other's asses for the time being. You know what, let's just move on. I'll hold out, whatever. So he's holding out right now. He's pretty adamant he's not going to play. He's willing to forfeit whatever yearly salary it looks like, which is a lot of fucking money. Look at his contract. But, 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 but. So him and Shailene, a couple weeks ago, I believe, they went on a little couple's retreat with, as I mentioned, Miles Teller and his wife to Hawaii. I guess you can say uh, they had a spectacular now type of vacation in Hawaii as a reference to the movie that they were both in pretty decent movie go check it out but they go on a couple's retreat to Hawaii Miles Teller gets 
um, basically jumped and gets punched in the face by like four different dudes over some bullshit. That's a story within itself. But we're going to focus on Aaron. Online, you know, they're dropping Instagram video of him. There's people recording him. I don't think him or his fiance dropped the videos, but it's them in Hawaii doing Hawaiian things and living life. Aside of Aaron, that no one's ever, everyone thinks Aaron is very high strung. He's very, he could be kind of a dick. Not very loose. He's pretty set in his ways. That's the least the narrative you would hear from sports hosts and old teammates that played with him. He's not the most easiest person to get along with. He's not, he can be um, not the greatest teammate. He can create a vibe in a locker room. He can, all that bullshit. But let's just say all that is true, right? Let's say not every, if you have multiple people saying the same thing about you, they all can't be lying. So let's say he had those character flaws. Then we could get in the situation with his family. His brother, who was once a former college quarterback at Vanderbilt, but he's really a celebrity from The Bachelorette. That's how he started getting the name Jordan Rogers and shit. And he dropped a bombshell on the show. No one saw it coming. Unnecessary. Um, far as I'm aware, I kind of looked into the context of it. I think someone has a question about his family and shit. How is your relationship with your brother? He could have kept it simple. He could have said what he felt, but he didn't really have to divulge a lot of unnecessary details. Aaron's never publicly bashed him. He's never said anything bad about him. Nothing. Well, he says, Aaron doesn't talk to our family anymore. This is, I believe, 2018, 2019, somewhere that range. He said, Aaron, he has cut his whole family off. He has a lot of disputes, a lot of disagreements with his family. And instead of, I guess, trying to work it out in his words, or instead of putting family first and blood before, you know, the job that pays you forty million a year. Um, I I I'm not gonna lie. I don't know a hundred percent what like their personal issues are, but there's some tension there. And Aaron doesn't really involve with the family. He hasn't seen them in forever. He doesn't make effort to see them. He doesn't talk to them. But we can see he's a guy that he's very uh he's very protective of himself. We'll just say that. I think that's fair to say. He's very protective of himself. Oh, and it also is, in all this time, he's also, this past year, past few months, I also don't think it's a coincidence that he was willing to be the Jeopardy host, which did a pretty good job. Okay. But in these videos in Hawaii, the dude's, he's got a ponytail going on. He's playing the ukulele. The dude's vibing. The dude's doing lola dances. The dude's going, walking on, doing hikes. This dude's, I think he even surfed. They're going beats. They're having late night, you know, things you do in Hawaii. It's not that he's doing these things. It's the fact that he's okay with it being public, in a sense, as a guy who's always kept a lot of that stuff private with any girl he's ever been with. One of his issues, if you look it up, with 
Olivia Munn, when they dated, was she wanted their relationship to be this public type of thing. They want to be one of those power couples. But he just has different... That's not the way he... What he wants with the his relationships to be. So he didn't compromise. And he, you could tell he's like, you know what? This ain't for me. And of course, if you look, she tries to bash him in secret... Badges his personal life. He's never come out and said one bad thing about her. You notice how Aaron, with any issues he has with people in his personal life, he doesn't talk about it publicly. But all the people that have issues with him talk about it publicly. It's interesting. He And he even mentioned in an interview, he kills them with indifference. Shit, I need to apply that to my life more. I think a lot of people could apply that to their lives. Me included. Indifference is really the biggest power you can hold. I think that's a big takeaway you could take from this. But, so, he's all loosey. He's living life without a care in the world, with all this drama with the Packers going on publicly. This whole He's like, I'm in Hawaii. You can have the money. I really don't fucking care. I, one, he's like, I got fucking money. I'm good. And there's even important. Would he rather retire? I I don't think it's a coincidence. He is as loose. He is as free, free willing. He is as he's kind of hippie-ish in a way. But in a good way. He's has a good sense of reality. I think he when you meet that person that understands you, that you feel genuinely loves you for you, cares for you for you, and accepts you for you, and makes you want to go over on their side of the fence more and try things out to expand yourself. When people don't want to change and when people don't want to better themselves with someone, it's because the other person is so rigid to try to make you something that you don't really want. And they'd be willing to do things with you. But when you try to force this. In his case. When they try to force being this celebrity couple. Like him and like Olivia and Danica Patrick did. I don't think it's coincidence. That he's like. It's a big turn off for him. He's, he's, a, he's a celebrity because he plays football. Because he's good at football. Danica Patrick's more of a celebrity than a success in racing. And I'm not even bashing her and shit like that. But the her a lot of her celebrity is being a woman in a predominantly man sport. And even competing, which is an accomplishment within itself. But in terms of pure success on the track, you can't really say it's disputed. Or undisputed because she's only won like one real race. And that's historic within itself, but you could tell she leans towards the celebrity side after racing. And even during, she kind of swayed to that side. But Aaron, he's not that guy. And the ironic, he's dating an actress, a very, a pretty successful actress. She's 29, I believe. 
but she doesn't really it's not about the celebrity photo shoots with him or for her it's not about the celebrity aspect but with him I think he's willing to more with her because she doesn't really want that. So he's willing to be more vulnerable around her. He's not afraid of him saying something or doing something and her talking about it on some podcast and embarrassing him or saying something she shouldn't say about him in their private conversations. He doesn't have to worry about that. So I think there's a comfort level with him and her. And I think you see that in who he is. Go look at Aaron Rodgers' videos and how he talks just from this past August to now compared to any other time in his career. People grow and stuff like that, but I think he's in a space in his life where he is genuinely happy because he feels like he's living more of his truth, as corny as that sounds, but he's living more of an honest life. He's living more of the life he wants, and it is also so happens that happens to be with the person that he genuinely loves and cares for. And even in when they got engaged and stuff, and even recent, looks like things are still going strong. He said, This is a big step for Aaron. And they even said his next big step that he wants is fatherhood. This dude has never talked about being a father. But I think now he's getting up to that age where he's like, did I not want kids because my career, I wanted to be there? That's probably fair. It's hard to raise kids when you're NFL quarterback. The time and commitment, you play football in general, NFL. But I, th- but I think... The fact that now he is genuinely in a space and a comfort level where not only is he with the right person he wants kids with, but it's for the right reasons. Because if you take his family situation, if you take all the girls he's dated, if you take this past situation with the Packers that's still going on, You notice he's a guy who's all about genuine, being genuine and honest and being real with him. And he always felt all these other things, all these other factors, they want to be with him or use him for things that aren't genuinely him. And I think when you're as big of a celebrity, you're as famous as him and you're a genuine person. You are more protective than anything because you have to really protect yourself from people who use you for that. And I think it all shows now. The man is different for all the right reasons, and he still can fucking throw that ball on a rope. God damn it. That is fucking good. This is kind of a. I think this pod is transitioned to a sports gossip website, but it's not. But I do have an interest in sports, and I do think, here's my final analogy, how all this connects. I'll break it down simply. 
some instead of wasting 30 minutes, I probably could have done it in a minute. But here's the breakdown. I think his personal life, what has happened the past year, I think he's had a real epiphany. He's had a real um he's had a real true understanding of himself. And he has probably come to a conclusion of what he wants in his life. And instead of wasting his time with someone or things that don't apply to that anymore, when he felt that connection with Shailene or whatever, he's like, this is the life I should be living. This is the person I want to be with. And this is the person that's going to make it happen. And all of his actions since then, how he is, how happy he is, how... Because even during this whole Packers situation, he's still genuinely happy. I think that's the crazy part. He's not having everyday feuds with them. He's not <clears throat> on social media saying, I wish they would. He's just like, look, this is what I want. If it's not, you have the guy to replace me. I'll move on. I'll just sit out a year, go play for someone else, or I'll retire. I think he, I don't think that's crazy. And I don't think it's crazy that. His indifference is the Packers are begging him to come back. We would love to have Aaron here. Do you love to have Aaron? Or is it really because you don't know if the guy that you drafted can play yet? Because if I'll say this, let's uh, go back in the time machine. If Brett Favre, in case for anyone that's not a sports fan, Aaron Rodgers didn't play the first three or four years he was in the league. If in entering into Aaron Rodgers' second year, if Brett Favre didn't want to play and legitimately was going to hold out, not like do his fake retirement shit, like legitimately would have held out and said, I want to go somewhere else. Are you saying they wouldn't have just said, fuck it? We'll just go with Aaron. We draft him. We'll just start the process now. And I think Aaron knows that. And Aaron also knows, Aaron also knows that good things are meant to come to an end. But damn. All right. All right. Now the part two of the podcast. Um, I want to talk about. Rory and Mal. I used to be a very, very avid listener of the Joe Budden podcast. Um, it was right before they became Spotify exclusive, went through that whole, whole ordeal. I started watching them a little bit. I started watching clips on YouTube. Then I started following them on Spotify. They weren't Spotify exclusive, but they were on Spotify. Then they became Spotify exclusive. And then you can look up at how Joe... Uh, really, uh, fucked that up in a lot of ways, but, you know, maybe it was the better move in the long run, but we'll see, technically. But Rory Mao are the co-hosts of the Joe Budden podcast, for anyone that doesn't know. Um, obviously Joe Budden, uh, Rory Mao, and then they also have the engineer slash, she's basically another co-host in a sense, Parks. Um, and all in a unison, all in, all work very well together, all their personalities Actually compliment each other well. But. 
Um, to put it simply, I'm pretty sure most people know that Rory and Mal, they are basically, they were basically, um, fired from the Joe Budden pod from Joe Budden when he came on the air and said, Rory and Mal, you're fired. Um, even though he told him not to really come to work because he felt the energy was a little off. And you know what? Honestly, he was right. The energy was really off. Really, ever since they left Spotify, I kind of stopped watching. One, because of the convenience. Um, it was like, they were on YouTube, but and they were on SoundCloud, but I don't, you know, it's very hard for me to listen to audio on YouTube while I'm working and stuff because I don't have premium, but whatever. So the conveniency wasn't, the incentive of conveniency wasn't there, right? But people still listen, but I would still catch clips here and there and stuff, and the show over time just didn't feel the same. Something was off. They still shot the shit, but you could tell there was some real tension that they hid behind laughter and jokes and shit. That kind of makes the show what it is. It was the most entertaining podcast. It was the first podcast I genuinely started listening to on a consistent basis. The enjoyment... The, the way they all vibe together, Rory brought a little quirkiness, a little one-liners, the very quick on his feet type of thing. Brought the most <laughs> obsolete topics and they made them interesting. Um, most people know Joe's personality, very brash, very, very bipolar-ish. Um, he could be yelling one minute, then I don't want to talk. Fine. I don't care about your opinion. And then next thing you know, but you are not going to speak on contracts like this. See, this is my problem. And it's, that kind of sums up the show. And then Maul's kind of chill. He's the cool guy. He's the too cool guy. He can go 20 minutes of a pod without speaking. And sometimes they would have to. So Maul, and he, uh. Still don't have a girlfriend like this kind of a running joke. He's like, nah, I'm, I, Ma's like, I'm cool, Joe, I'm cool. But, so now, in summary, things didn't go well. Over time, he told him not to show up to work. Then they stopped showing up to work. They couldn't work out. And he's like, you're fired. He told him on the air, you're fired. Then there's this whole public thing about... Their issues, they won numbers, blah, blah, blah. But what I want to focus on is the new show, Rory Mal, are coming out. If anyone's seen the trailer, it looks, that was a cool rollout, as they would say. It was a really cool rollout. I'm going to be honest. I think the Rory Mal show is going to be a huge success. And I don't know if Joe is going to be able to handle it. Because I think Joe has this delusion and I do mean that word delusion that Rory and Mal weren't as important to the show as he was. Let me let me put it like this. Joe Budden by himself. If Joe Budden was just one co-host, I don't think it would work. I think you gotta have two or more people with him because if not, he will just start Debating himself and making himself foolish. No one there to hold him accountable for a lot of things. Which I think is not a reasonable. A lot of people are like that. But Rory Mount. 
their personalities matched Joe to bring him down a little bit, but they still let him be him, even in his most ignorant of moments. Like, honestly, the best vibe of the whole show was the toxicity of the show. It was fucking amazing. I'm not going to lie to you. I think that's the appeal, is that toxicity is, a little toxicity is actually entertaining and actually good, in jest. But I think Rory and Mal, their show by itself, I, I think them two by themselves can actually be more entertaining and actually more um, interesting than them with Joe. Because I think the thing with the, with the Joe Bunn podcast became... Joe Bunny gets call, caught up in the fact his name is on the podcast. You could say without him, there would be no listeners. Like, you know what? Joe Budden's name on the podcast got people in the door. But Rory Mal kept them in the door. Kept them in. It sure kept me in. Because sometimes Joe can be kind of obnoxious and annoying in a sense. And that may be just a personal thing. But I think... His personality can get a bit overwhelming and not being a strong personality. It's just overwhelming in the sense that his delusion can sometimes be out of this world, which kind of makes his appeal, but it can also make it like, bruh. And I think he's going to start realizing the impact that they brought to the show. Because I think their podcast is not only going to thrive... I'm going to make a prediction. What's today? Um, June 10th? Let me double check that. Yes, today's June 10th. I believe in two years from now, Rory Mal, the podcast, is going to be more successful than the Joe Budden podcast. Yes. Um, for one, let's just get into the logistics. Joe Budden podcast is an independent podcasts they have sponsors and stuff but they don't work for they're not under a media company like they were with Spotify they are independent there's a lot of benefits of being independent there's also a lot of drawbacks to being independent as well I'm not the most well versed on this but let's just keep it simple you're independent you are responsible for the growth of your show the marketing where you put your platform. You have great control, but with great control also comes with great responsibility. And maybe you don't know as much as you think you do. And I think it has kind of shown the way he kind of fucked up. He kind of fucked over Rory Mal and this stuff. They are just as responsible for building that podcast as Joe. I don't care that his name is on the podcast. It's really irrelevant for the most part. The only part that's relevant is when it comes to perception. When it comes to the very, very casual listeners who actually don't listen, that didn't listen to the podcast regularly. Joe is polarizing for a lot of reasons. He's also, he's polarizing because... It's not even for clout. I actually, the worst part is I actually believe 
with this Rory Mouse stuff issues, I actually believe him when he says he doesn't feel like he's oh he owes them the numbers that they were asking for. That he owes them the requests they were. And that's troubling. Because without them, those numbers wouldn't be what they were, Joe. Um, but sticking to Rory Mao, I think that, one, they're going to have a higher, just to start out the pod, than the typical podcast, even with fairly well-known people. When you start out, for the most part, like, you may have okay the start point, but, you know, you still got to uphill... I think because of this whole situation with Joe, the appeal for them to even the non-casual fans, to the diehard fans as Joe Budding, even the casual fans, even the ones that didn't even really watch it before, just all the media shit that happened, they're going to start out with maybe two and a half times more than they were. Like, for example, let's say the first episode, they would have had 50,000 people tuned in, which they will definitely have a lot more than that. As a base... Instead of 50,000, they may have like a hundred and like 25,000 just from the media storm of all this. The interest. It's kind of like, oh, because Joe, Joe has even said in past interviews and shit on the Breakfast Club. So, it's like, oh, no, they could never do a podcast by themselves. Well, we're about to find out. I think they can. Because you could say whatever you want about Rory Mao. Especially Rory, the dude came in there batting 90% on everything. The dude almost hit on all of his jokes. He kind of kept it even when things weren't going. Joe will sometimes come on there and have a certain attitude and not show and not show up to um, work, for lack of a better word. Show up to work with um, the right attitude in some ways, meaning... He may have some, um, Joe may not exactly come with the right exuberance, the same energy that he always talks about. He always talks about the energy in the room. Well, if you're the man, like you say they are, you dictate the energy in the room. If the energy in the room isn't great, aren't you the person to be looked at for the energy? You're the, you're the source. You're the power plant. Everyone else is just electrical boxes, poles, underground wire. Like, you are the fucking power plant. You provide the energy for the show you quote-unquote dictate. But you want to question the energy. Well, maybe the energy was a little off in the room because maybe you weren't doing your part to make the energy right. And I think we're going to see Rory Mal with the right energy again. Even in their one video where they addressed everything, right? Because him, Rory Mal addressed everything. Oh, well, let me get back to this point before I go to that. Um, one of the reasons why Rory Mal's podcast, one, has the potential for bigger growth. The same way Joe Budden's podcast grew on Spotify, and then he shit on Spotify, which is insane. The shit on the company that, regardless of your personal issues with them, they grew your podcast. They did. There's no debating that. But Rory Mao are now going to be working for Kevin Durant's media company. A media company who will market their show, will edit their show, will 
have them in a well have a game plan for them on what they want to do. Compare that to the Joe Budden network that he's created. Other than the Joe Budden podcast, which I still watch, I still think it's a pretty decent podcast overall most of the time. Um, the other podcasts are pretty unbearable. Um, and I'm going to say that generously. I don't even want to call specific ones as someone who's just starting. And I don't want to show them their numbers because I literally have no numbers. But considering of them being under the Joe Budden network, they're going to get viewers based off just because of Joe Budden, who has over like 900,000 subscribers on YouTube. And look at the like to dislike the ratio on their videos. And it's not because there's this, uh, flat, there's not this clap back from the Rory Mal like clan or standpoint. Like it's not like the Rory Mal clan is just disliking the video. Like no, it's because the clips of some of these podcasts are fucking unbearable and delusional. And for the most part, typically, most of the podcasts are woman centric. So there's obviously going to be a, um. There's going to be a very disconnect from a male audience when you have a predominantly woman podcast. That's just the way it is. Um, I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but that is the reality. And I've even tried to listen to podcasts. I will name one podcast because I will use this as an example of why Rory is going to become probably one of the kings of podcasting. He's an amazing fucking guest. Never seen him on the guests except one time. So there's this podcast called See the Thing Is on the Joe Budden Network. Um, I believe it involves Bridget Kelly, Mandy, and they used to have one girl, Olivia Dope, but then, you know, we all know about the sexual assault thing and why she quit. Fair enough. Um, but watch the episode where Rory appears on there. Look how many views it gets. Look at the like to dislike ratio. Watch the episode. I guarantee you. If you if you like Joe Budden podcast, you like you are gonna like that episode because one he not only carries it, he makes it a way where even when the other co-host has shown to be very unlikable to the audience, he somehow makes the whole show more likable. I actually watched that episode from beginning to end. I have struggled to watch fifteen minutes of some of those shows, not because I disagree with. A lot of stuff they say because I do heavily, but it's because he makes it so much more interesting. His wittiness and the fact that you could tell that since he's been doing four or five years, I don't think the other girls on the show really been like podcast hosts or per se and like that. So, you know, they're new to it, they're still just but um, it's the fact that he puts them on the spot and you could see they. You can see they couldn't keep up with it. And even when they try to match and try to one-up Rory and stuff, he said, all they did was kind of make themselves look very unlikable. Um, So if you have a chance, one, go look at the amount of views they get on that show featuring Rory, see the thing is, on the Joe Budden uh, TV network on YouTube, compared to all the other videos they currently get, like the videos now they get, it's like the like to dislike. It's like 80%. It's like 75% dislike, 25% like. And I'm not saying like, just go look at it. And then 
look at the Rory episode. Um, it's a pretty fucking heavy ratio. I think Rory Mal is going to be successful. I think at this rate, um, in two to three years, they're going to have their podcast is going to be more successful than Joe Budden podcast. So that's my take on Rory Mal. Um, I think they're, you can even see one, one thing I'll say, you can even see in the video they did where they did their comeback, um, where they did their video addressing all the Joe Budden stuff. You can see Maul hasn't been that comfortable or that outspoken, hasn't been that concise with his responses, his takes. And I think without Joe being in the room, they can get their shit off. They could be taken as if you watch the show, you get the reference. They could be shooting it from half court, 40 feet. Buzzer beaters, like, man, they, they'll be Roy shooting 80% today from the floor. <laughs> like, they'll be able to get their shit off and be in such a more comfortable environment where they don't feel like they have to adjust their the way they talk or worry about saying some shit that will make Joe portray himself in some type of way. I think they're going to be, it's kind of like Aaron Rodgers. They're going to be more loose. I wouldn't even say more vulnerable because, you know, they they used to talk that shit. But, man, like, I think they're going to kind of get back to what made the Joe Budden podcast, but make it their version. And I think it's going to be a really good show. I'm going to tune in. I will. Um, I'm still waiting for it to drop, but when it does, um, I'll be there and ready. So, yeah, my overall take is the Rory Mile podcast is going to be a huge hit. And can't wait. Can't wait. Um, so, yeah. All right. So, I'm going to, I guess I'll cap today's episode off with a little bit of, um, a little bit of unworn, a little of unasked wisdom that everyone probably already kinds of know, but it's just kind of like something that's been on my mind. And I feel like me doing this podcast and me doing things different in my life for a period of time now, it's really kind of made it more apparent than ever. It kind of confirmed what you, ever have those things where you feel something. And sometimes it's okay that you need to confirm what you feel. You kind of need to like prove to yourself that it's true. Because we always hear things like, you know, sometimes you gotta, sometimes you just gotta move on in life, you know. Sometimes you gotta experience pain to get the gain. You know, you just gotta stick with some. you just gotta think for yourself. And it sounds corny as hell. But the line I wanna talk about, the quote or the saying I don't know what it is. I'll just say my analysis is go at your own pace. What does that mean? Um, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Going your own pace, simply. Go through life at the pace that you are ready to. Now, sometimes you got to push that pace up a little bit. Sometimes you got to really remind yourself that you're that you can do some shit 
But what I mean is, it kind of goes back to think for yourself. Go at your own pace by dictating the path you want to go on. We get too caught up in social norms. Um, We get too caught up in accomplishing things or trying things or limiting things we do because of our age. Oh, you're too young for this. Oh, you're too old to start this. Oh, well, you need to go do this so you can then you can go do that if you want to do it. But you need to you need to go to school, do this. You need to make sure you learn this to do that. No, it's like you got to make sure you have this by 24, buy a house. It's like, but what if I don't want to buy a house until I have so much fucking money that I could buy all the houses by me so I don't have to have neighbors. Why do I have to put myself in pitfalls to approve your social norms? Why do I have to dig my own grave just so you can have someone die with you in yours? God damn that. Hey, I'm not gonna lie. I just came up with that. That's a fucking bar. But why? Hmm? Why do I have to dig my own grave just so you have someone die with yours? Think about what you want in life. But think about the process. And we've all heard that the process makes the product. The process is what builds it, right? But a lot of people don't actually try the process or don't understand that a process comes with time. A process isn't obviously overnight. But more importantly, the process really makes you go through uncomfortable times. It makes you go through self-doubt. It makes you go through, am I really warranting my time in the right direction? Am I trying to prove everyone wrong so bad that I'm not listening? Am I trying to outthink the room when the room just wants me to walk in and sit down with it? Am I truly believing in myself and doubling down? Or am I being delusional to myself? The answer is, I thought it's your life. We always talk about having control of our life, dictating our life. We always talk about how no one will tell me what to do with my life. But then at the age of 18, you graduate high school, you uh, pick a career, you pick a degree, you pick a field that you kind of know you want to do, but there's really something else you'd rather do, but you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to fuck yourself over. That's not a bad thing to think about, to have a backup plan. I'm not saying don't have a backup plan, but did you really want to go at right out of high school? And go into something that you kind of enjoy, but didn't even actually try the thing that you actually 100% do? Are you letting the world think for you? Are you worried about being considered for certain things? Or are you just being considerate for things? Because, you know, we're very quick to give someone... 
five-figure loans to graduate college. Here's 50000 Get a degree. You can pay it off. Trust us. Trust us. You, you Trust me. With a degree, you'll be able to pay it off. It's like, okay, but what if I don't, what if I'm not 100% sure if that's what I want to do? What if I want to try something else? That may or may not require that. I, I'll tell you what my biggest worry personally. I would be worried about getting a degree. And getting it. Getting a job and then not liking it. Right? That's pretty normal. Alright, well just switch careers. It's like, oh yeah, let me. Okay, yeah, all I'll do is pay this $40,000 left on my loan. Um, but yeah, you know, I'll I'll chase my passion now. And go more in debt. But the reality is. When you get that loan. You're imprisoned. You're imprisoned by something. That you didn't even think about. If you were willing to be imprisoned for it. We People go to school with good intentions. People learn things with good intentions. But then we always use the excuses when things don't work out between couples and shit, that people change. You got to accept that people change. It's like, yeah, you're 100% right. People do change. People also change interests they have. People change what they want to do every day in their life. People also have a choice to choose whether they are willing to, to make that change or whether they want to be imprisoned by decisions they made and they've imprisoned themselves by society. So I just want to leave you with that for today. Do you think for yourself and, uh, Yeah, let's go uh, suck some titties tonight, my fellas and ladies, whatever you're into. Mine, yours, his, hers, he, hers, her, his, whatever pronoun you prefer. I don't care. But uh, Pride Month, comedy. Uh, All right, that is episode four of Often Beats. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I felt like I actually prepared a little for that one. Um. This pod will get better over time, but I'm very excited to see what it will become. Um, remember to go subscribe to my YouTube, Off and Beats. I'll start be posting up there regularly. You can get your joke of the day, the poem of the day. Um, I may start uploading audio on there. And uh, the rap series, where you can see some rap previews that I showed at the beginning of this show. You can see the full videos on YouTube and more. You can also follow my IG in the link below in the description as well to YouTube. Follow my IG for daily shit. And uh, yeah, follow uh, and love the pod. Alright guys, that was episode 4 of Off and Beats. I am your host Clint. Booty! <laughs>